1: Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton.
2: God is with us in the storms of life. He's in the boat, with us, in the storm. The Bible says He's a very present help in times of trouble. But what the Lord says in Isaiah 43, He says, When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. He's with us.
1: Does it ever seem like when the going gets tough, everyone turns away? A lot of people can't handle the pressure. But do you know who can? Jesus. Pastor Dan reminds us in today's message that God is with us always, especially when we're going through hardships. Don't think that you ever have to go it alone, because while you may be alone on earth, Your Heavenly Father is always with you, and He'll never leave you. In fact, when you're too weary to carry on, He'll pick you up and carry you. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis, chapter 6, for today's edition of Ring of Truth.
2: Hebrews chapter 11 is one of the greatest chapters in your Bible. It's known as the Hall of Faith. In Hebrews chapter 11, verse 7, it says of Noah, By faith, Noah, being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear, prepared an ark for the saving of his household, by which he condemned the world and became heir of the righteousness which is according to faith. It says that Noah was divinely warned, he was warned by God, it says, of things not yet seen, or things that had never happened before. What were those things? It had never fled before. Uh, Genesis tells us it had never rained before. So here God warns Noah, tells Noah, you need to build a big ship, a big boat. Because there's going to be a flood and there's going to be rain. And it's never flooded before. It's never rained before. Imagine that for Noah. What's rain? What's a flood? I've never heard those words before. I don't even know what you're talking about. By faith, Noah built the ark. Not understanding exactly what God was talking about. God warned him of things that he had never seen before. But Noah believed God's word. He believed God's warning. Even though he didn't fully understand, he obeyed God and built the ark to save his family. You know, you you don't have to understand all the details to obey God. You don't have to have all the questions answered. You don't have to have it all figured out. You don't have to understand fully the gospel to believe on Jesus Christ for salvation. You know, if you you understand that he died on the cross for your sins, that he was buried and resurrected the third day, and by putting your faith in him, that you can have your sins forgiven and receive eternal life. Yes, you might have all these other questions, but you don't have to have all those questions answered to believe and receive Christ for salvation. We're called to walk by faith. And not by sight. Noah walked by faith. I don't know what a flood is. I don't know what rain is. But God told me to build a boat. You can imagine maybe the questions that Noah was asked. What are you building this huge barge for? What's going to flood? Well, what's that? I don't know. But God told me to build a boat. So I'm building a boat. And I'm sure many people thought Noah was crazy. Because Noah couldn't. Fully explain why he did what he did. you know. And sometimes that's the way it is, isn't it? Like, hey, God has just told me to do this. God has impressed this upon my heart. And I'm just walking in obedience. I'm just obeying the Lord. And people will ask, well, what about this and what about that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Well, that seems a little crazy. Well, I'm just obeying the Lord. I don't have all the answers. But I don't need all the answers. I just need to obey the Lord. He's called us to walk by faith and not by sight. So now chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Noah, come into the ark, you and all your household, because I've seen that you are righteous before me in this generation. Notice God says, come into the ark. He doesn't say, go into the ark. He says, come into the ark. God was in the ark. God was in the ark inviting Noah to come in with him. You know, God is with us. God is with us in the storms of life. He's in the boat with us in the storm. Bible says he's a very present help in times of trouble. Look what the Lord says in Isaiah 43, he says, when you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you, for I am the Lord your God. He's with us when we go through the storm. He's with us when we're walking through the fire. He's with us. God was with Noah in the ark. Whatever whatever difficulty we are going through, God is with us in that Difficult, he's not at a distance saying, hey, go do that and go do this. And no, he's he's inside. Come in here with me where it's safe. You know, I think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego as they were put in the fiery furnace and Jesus was in the fiery furnace with them, right? He was walking around in the fire with them. So much so that they didn't jump out of the fire. They were content to stay in the fire because of the fellowship they shared with Jesus in the fire, right? Noah and his family are going to go through this great storm, this great trial. But God is with them in the ark, and so it's it's okay. There's there's security, there's safety, there's refuge because God's in there. And look at verse one again. God says to Noah, "For I have seen that you are righteous before me and this generation." God could see Noah's righteousness. Not that Noah was sinless or perfect. Noah was was a sinner just like us. But God could see his righteousness in that Noah obeyed God by faith. Noah was obedient and he built the ark. He obeyed God's word. And so God saw him as righteous. He was righteous in God's eyes. And how God sees you is what really matters, isn't it? Who really cares how other people see you? But how God sees you is what matters. Does God see you as righteous? Now, for us, the Bible tells us when we place our faith in Jesus Christ, that his righteousness, his perfect righteousness, is imputed to us. It's put on our account. And so we have the righteousness of Jesus Christ through faith. And so when God sees us, he sees the righteousness of Jesus. Verse 2 says. Uh, You shall take with you seven each of every clean animal, a male and his female, two each of animals that are unclean, a male and his female, also seven each of birds of the air, male and female, to keep the species alive on the face of all the earth. Now it's interesting here that this, you know, this is before the law of Moses is given, but there is already a distinction between clean animals and unclean animals. The seven clean animals were for, for sacrifice to God after the flood. Noah's going to build an altar. And he's going to make an offering to God. So, so some of these clean animals are for that offering. You know, if he only has two sheep on the ark. And then after the flood, he offers one of the sheep. Well, that's the end of the species right there. So, so he's got seven. Which would be, you know, one way to look at that. That would be three pairs and one for sacrifice. You know, this poor sheep, you know, I'm sure the whole time they're on the ark. Which one of us is it going to (laughs) be? Who's the third wheel here? (laughs) Verse 4 says, For after seven more days I will cause it to rain on the earth. Forty days. Again, it had never rained before. 40 days and 40 nights, and I will destroy from the face of the earth all living things that I have made. And Noah did according to all that the Lord commanded him by faith. Noah was 600 years old when the flood waters were on the earth. Verse 7 So Noah with his sons, his wife and his sons' wives, went into the ark because of the waters of the flood. Now, scientists estimate it would take Noah and his sons only about five hours to load the animals onto the ark. So not very long. Of clean animals and of animals that are unclean, of birds and of everything that creeps on the earth, two by two, they went into the ark to Noah, male and female, as God had commanded Noah. And it came to pass after seven days that the waters of the flood we're on the earth in the 600th year of Noah's life, in the second month, the 17th day of the month. It gives us the exact day that the flood started because it's such a significant event. On that day, all the fountains of the great deep were broken up and the windows of heaven were opened. So verse 11 here, just exactly how God brought the flood upon uh, the Earth, the fountains of the deep were broken up, and the windows of heaven were open. So it wasn't just rain. I think a lot of times that's how we picture it. is it just rained for 40 days and 40 nights? Well, no, the fountains of the deep burst it open, and groundwater came out and also contributed to the flood. And then the windows of heaven were opened. If you remember back in Genesis chapter one, remember there was water above the firmament? We talked about that, how some speculate that maybe there was some kind of water canopy that sort of enveloped the earth that's not there today. Some believe that that's the water that fell during the flood in the form of of rain. And it rained on the earth for 40 days and 40 nights. And 40, of course, is an important number in the Bible. It's It's a number of testing. It's a number of hardship. Uh, For example, the children of Israel wandered in the wilderness for 40 years. Jesus was tempted in the wilderness for 40 days. So 40 is the number of testing. And it's usually followed by some kind of good or some kind of victory. God flooded the earth for 40 days. We have two meeting times on Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m. You can find out more and get directions at our website, calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Now let's get back to today's message on Ring of Truth. Verse 13 says, And on the very same day Noah and Noah's sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and Noah's wife, and their three wives, and the three wives of his sons with them, entered the ark, They and every beast after its kind, all cattle after their kind, every creeping thing that creeps on the earth after its kind, every bird after its kind, every bird of every sort. And they went into the ark to Noah, two by two of all flesh, in which is the breath of life. So those that entered, male and female, of all flesh, went in as God had commanded him. Now notice, and the Lord shut him in. So God provided this ark to escape judgment. The ark, of course, is a picture of Jesus Christ. God has provided his only begotten son, Jesus Christ, for us to rescue us from the judgment to come. Just like Noah and his family had to go into the ark to be safe from the flood, a person has to be in Christ to be saved. You know, they have to repent of their sins and put their faith and trust in Jesus Christ for salvation. Just like Noah and his family trusted in that ark to save them. We trust in Jesus Christ to save us from the judgment to come. And it says in verse 16, when they entered the ark, that God shut the door. And after God shut the door, those outside the ark no longer had the opportunity to be saved from the flood. The door was closed, literally. You know, the Bible says today is the day of salvation. Putting your faith in Jesus Christ is not something that someone should put off because we don't know when that door is going to be closed. We don't know when that opportunity will be gone. And once the door of the ark was closed, from that point on, people were either in the ark and safe or they were outside the ark and doomed. Those were the only two places people could be at that point. And again, a person is either in Christ and saved or a person is not in Christ and doomed. And everyone is in one of those two categories. You're either in Christ or you're not in Christ. You either have salvation through Jesus Christ or you don't have salvation. In 1 John chapter 5, verse 12, it says, He who has the Son has life. He who does not have the Son of God does not have eternal life. So there's two categories. At this point, there are people in the ark and there are people outside the ark. The people in the ark will be saved. People outside the ark will be doomed. Verse 17. Now the flood was on the earth 40 days. The water increased and lifted up the ark. It's just, it's just a floating barge. And it rose high above the earth. The waters prevailed and greatly increased on the earth. And the ark moved about on the surface of the waters... And the waters prevailed exceedingly on the earth. And all the high hills, all the mountains under the whole heaven were covered. The waters prevailed 15 cubits upward and the mountains were covered. Verse 20. So the water level was about 20 feet above the highest mountain on the earth. And we know that paleontologists have found marine fossils in the Himalayan mountains near Mount Everest. Because it was underwater during Noah's flood. Now, we don't know if uh, the mountains in the days of Noah were the same height as they are today. Some, some suggest that maybe they weren't. Uh, that maybe they are the result of the flood. But let's just say for the sake of argument that they were. Mount Everest is the highest point on the earth. About 29,000 feet, the flood waters were just above the highest point of the earth. It was Mount Everest was the highest point at that time, 29,000 feet. That would mean over the course of the 40 days, the earth flooded at a rate of half a foot a minute or 30 feet an hour. The judgment came so quickly on the earth that by the time people even realized What was happening? It was too late. It was too late. The flood came so fast. People didn't have time to repent in the last minute. And get right with God. Before they perished in the flood. It was sudden. In the New Testament. uh, When it talks about the judgment that is to come upon the earth. Paul describes that judgment that is coming upon the earth. As sudden destruction. Destruction. That's going to fall upon the earth. It's going to be sudden. People will not have time. To call out to God in that last moment. Because it's going to be so fast. Verse 21 says. And all flesh died. That moved on the earth. Birds and cattle and beasts. And every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. And every man. All in whose nostrils was the breath of of the spirit of life, all that was on the dry land died. So he destroyed all living things. Notice the number of times all is used, which were on the face of the ground, both man and cattle, creeping thing and bird of the air. They were destroyed from the earth. Only Noah and those who were with him in the ark remained alive. And the waters prevailed on the earth, 150 days before they started to recede. So the earth was covered with water for 150 days. Only eight people. Now, if you remember, just to give you some context as we close here. Genesis chapter 3, verse 15. God promised a savior that would come and rescue mankind. The seed of the woman who will crush the head of the serpent, Satan. Well, now the story of that promised Savior goes from Adam and Eve, the first two human beings, and now it goes to Noah and his family. So, so what the Bible is doing, what Genesis is doing, is it's tracing this line now from Genesis 3.15. We've got this promised Savior that's going to come and rescue mankind from sin. This promised seed of the woman. Who is it? Well, we know now That that promised seed is going to come through the family of Noah. Because every other family is destroyed. (laughs) There's only one family left. Now, verse 24, I think is a very good reminder for us. Verse 24 reminds us that we all are descendants of Noah. All of us. We all come from one family. The same family. One family. If it were possible, we could all trace our roots back to one person. Noah. Our family was on the boat together. In the flood. Now, we have seen this in Genesis as we've been studying through the first six chapters of Genesis that the Bible tells us, God tells us that we're all one family, that we are all one race, the human race. Man has emphasized and man has used the differences. Man has emphasized the differences and, Exploited the differences. Man has put labels. God, God emphasizes our commonality. This is a biblical worldview. The biblical worldview is that we are all made in the image of God. And we are all descendants from Adam and Eve through the family of Noah that we all come from the same family. We, as believers in Jesus Christ, followers of Jesus Christ, we celebrate the wonderful and beautiful diversity that God has created in his family. But we're one family with beautiful diversity. Man is the one who has exploited the diversity that God created in his one family that he created man exploits that man uses that for evil god created us as one family great diversity wonderful diversity that glorifies him but we're all one our families were all on that boat we can all go back to those eight people and that one man noah And before Noah, we could all go back to Adam and Eve. That's the biblical view of humanity. That it's one family. It's one people. One race. The human race. Made in God's image. With beautiful diversity. But one race. Made in God's image. Made in God's likeness.
3: He asked me how I know and I say truer than the finest crystal
1: You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Genesis. Although some might view Genesis simply as a historical account of genealogies, the undercurrent throughout this book entails a broader understanding of God's nature toward His people you're introduced to God's care and concern for His creation, how sin stained what God had created, and what God intended to do to atone for the sin that overshadowed the world altogether. God's plan included a Savior that would envelop His creation in love and sacrifice that might seem incomprehensible to the average person, but God's ways are higher than anything that we as humans can understand. Yet, He chose to come to our level anyway. That's a Creator God who's invested for the long haul. If anything about today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com if you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Genesis next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I
3: recognize